Good morning. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. I continue to be amazed at uh, how many people I find RSVP'd on Monday, and then the final count on Thursday is usually almost double. So I appreciate that you guys are a lot like me and that you uh, wait a little bit later. But I'm glad that you show. That's the best part. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, this is our 14th month to be doing men's breakfast, and I continue to be thankful that you guys support this event and uh, bring your friends and and bring people who are maybe not your friends, but they still need to be here. Um, You know, our our heart is really to bring you guys speakers that are uh, local people in our church that are doing great stuff, that have a great heart for what we do here, and are probably the unsung unsung heroes of our church and, and, and a lot of our leadership. And so really thankful to, uh, to offer those to you guys uh, over these last 14 months. Um, we're also looking for guys who are time-tested, who are wise, who are walking the same road that you and I are. Um, not perfect, of course, um, but able to share from their, ro- their road words that will help us on our roads. So really thankful today to have um, our speaker, who is Randy DeBell. Um, some of you guys know that Randy's been here in, in our church for a very long time and definitely time-tested. He's the operations manager here at Church on the Move. Um, He's also a sections coach. So if you know anything about that, that's kind of been another one of those roles that a lot of people don't know about. Section coaches are over all the section leaders uh, across the church. And so he he and I have been working together on that for a while, along with several other leaders here in in this room, um, to perfect that program and to help our people in our church find a, find a home and find a place. And so Sections is a great way to do that. And Randy has been an amazing leader in that group for, for quite a while. You know, Randy has an amazing story of God's redemption, which he's going to share with you some today. Um, his passions are his family, including his three sons, which I believe two of three are here today, are here on the front row. So, so, so glad to have, the, have these guys here. Uh, he also has a passion for hot rods and pouring into young men, which probably go hand in hand, I would think. Uh, he and I have been texting back and forth the last uh, couple weeks about what he's talking about today, and I know he's been working on that very, very, very diligently, as well as um, talking about how he's going to give away that car today, right? That hot ride, right? You said you had a passion for men, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, really excited to have Randy here today. So, Randy, come on, come on to the stage here. <clears throat> Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Love you. You know, it took me a while to get connected with Johnny Hampton, because look at Johnny Hampton. Uh, His clothes, his hair, everything about him, uh, he is a pretty classy guy, and I'm as blue-collar as as it gets. So gentlemen, this morning, uh, look at it this way, at least you got a great breakfast for your 10 bucks, so. (laughs) But uh, the Lord's laid some things on my heart, and this morning... Uh, I'm really not an encourager. I'm not going to encourage you. I'm not going to pat you on the back. I'm not going to tell you all what a tremendous and great job you're doing. Because I think as men, we can always do better. We can always be better. We can always mature. We can always grow up. I know I have lots of very rough edges that the Lord is working on and knocking off. And, and so today, we're going to just share a few things. I have, I'm a storyteller, so I've got some stories to tell you. And, and if you were here, who was here last month? Wow, a bunch of you. I know Jared Hogue was our speaker last month, and, you know, I was a little disappointed in Jared. Because, you know, first we played a little game, and then he talked about his man crushes, uh, bromances, and then he talked about stalking a male musician. You're not going to hear any of that crap here today. 
So I got to get going. I got to get going so I can get you guys out of here. Uh, I d- <laughs> that was pretty good, wasn't it? But, all right, I have a riddle for you, and this connects with what I have to talk about today. The riddle is this. A fish is swimming along the bottom of the lake. Pow! It slams into a concrete wall. What does the fish say? Damn! Don't, don't leave. Don't let go. We're not cussing, but just hang on. Let's pray, and let's get going. Lord, I praise you, and I thank you for this day. You are so good to us. We get to know you. We get to serve you. We get to be a part of your great ministry. Thank you for it. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I want to talk to you about today, that real men are damn builders. Real men are damn builders. You know, Isaiah 59, 19 said this. It says, when the enemy comes like a raging flood tide, the Spirit of the Lord will drive him back. Did you know the enemy wants you dead? The enemy wants you diseased. The enemy wants you addicted, depressed. The enemy wants you wimpy. The enemy does not want you to lead your home, to lead your family. The enemy is out to get you. And I've watched so many good men, and I've been guilty of it, of just curling up and taking whatever the enemy dishes out. Well, that's life. That's just the way it is. That's the, that's the way our world is. When, when things come our way, we just have to take it. I've got good news to, for you today. No, you don't. You don't have to take it. January 31st, 2015, Oklahoma Highway Patrolman Trooper Nick Dees, he was killed by a texting driver along I-40. His partner was run over. Uh, Trooper Birch, his pelvis, his legs were broken and, and crushed. And they told him, they said, You'll, you might not ever walk again, but you're going to be months and months in a wheelchair. And thank God, we adopted Trooper Birch and his family and prayed for them and lifted them up for months. And he was miraculously healed. And he's back in his patrol car right now. And we praise God for that. But Trooper Dees, he was killed that night. He left behind a wife and two little girls because of somebody's stupidity. Driving down the road, this man had been texting for hours, and his comment was, if I did anything wrong, I'm sorry. That night, as I heard that, I saw it on the news, and I went to bed. And all of a sudden, this wave came pouring over me. I forgot to do something. I need to introduce my sons. Danny, this is my youngest son, Danny. He works here in family ministries. He's a children's pastor here at the church. He started out in landscaping. And Lord blessed him and, and, and moved him up and promoted him. This is my son Brad, my middle son Brad right here. He's an OHP trooper in Rogers County. He also oversees our, our security team at Dry Gulch USA. My oldest son Ben, he's a, an art director and a partner in a business out in Salt Lake City. So I have three sons, and they've grown into great men And they've grown into great men because of this place. It isn't me. It isn't my wife. It isn't our great parenting skills. We were stupid. We had to ask their forgiveness many, many times. I'd sit on the corner of their bed and say, please forgive me for what I said, the way I corrected you, what I did. And uh, 
the, they're great men because of this ministry, because of Lincoln Christian School, because of Coach Melton and his staff. We were a football family. All three of our boys played and, and loved it. And I loved going to Saturday morning film and listening to the coaching staff, Coach Ricky and Coach Melton, scream and yell at my sons. And, and I loved it because they needed it. And it built them. And it made them where now somebody can scream and holler and throw a fit at them. It doesn't faze them one bit. Who cares? God's goodness. This is a great place. But back to what I was saying, Trooper D's. And so that night, I'm laying in bed, and this wave of fear comes pouring over me. It is a black wave of fear, of anxiety. Panic set in. I got up out of bed, and I went to the living room. And this panic had set in. I'm basically just almost walking in a circle in the living room, and all I could think about, my son. My son, my son, he's out there on shift tonight. It's raining. It's dark. It's past midnight. My son, that's all I could think about. And then this wave comes pouring in like a raging flood tide. It came pouring in. But all of a sudden, it was stop. Wait a second. Wait one second. Did that stop it? No. Wait one second. I thought, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind. Then I thought about Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. It talks about if you respect your father and mother, you will live a long life full of many good things. God's word is true. I knew my son was safe. I knew my son was safe. I don't care if it's 2 a.m. along a ditch somewhere in a county road. I know my son is safe. Because God's word is true. He's honored us. He's respected us. All my sons are safe for that very reason. And as men, that's what we've got to think about. You know, that dam was already built. Did I panic there for a while? Yes, I did. I'll be honest with you. But the dam against the flood tide was already built. I did not panic and say, where's the bags? Where's the sandbags? Where's the sand? Where's the shovel? I didn't run into the bedroom and wake up my wife and say, honey girl, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Brad's out there tonight and a trooper's been killed and he's out there. What are we going to do? Are you kidding me? And so many times, men, be the man, be the lead, be the priest of your home. Your wife does not want to be the boss. Well, you don't know my wife. Well, you don't know my wife. She's five foot two, a little over 100 pounds, and she's all this. You pop off to her, she doesn't pinch you, she doesn't slap you, but it's a little white fist of fury. And, and uh, she's the strongest woman I know. And oh, I thank God for her, that when the hard times came, she was all about God's word, and she stuck with me. But man, you've got to lead. You've got to have that dam already built. And, and you say, well, how do we build that dam? What's it made of? It's built with time, with the Lord, and spending time in his word. It's us taking time every day with the Lord and digging in his word. I've heard all kinds of excuses from men. I've made it. Well, I'm not a good reader. But yet I've seen guys read Hot Rod Magazine and that itty-bitty print from cover to cover. Field and stream, guns and ammo. Are you kidding me? But we can't spend time in the Word with our Savior? Like I said, I'm not here to encourage you today. 
I'm here to challenge you. I want you to walk out of here pissed off at me that I, that I would talk to you this way. I want you to leave here mad and ticked off this morning, mad enough to do something about it. I always go back to the word. If you get nothing out of the day, get this verse, Matthew 6.33. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As a Christian man, you've got to have it set in your heart and in your mind. God's word is either all true or it's a lie. It's myths. It's fables. It's, oh, well, somebody wrote a good story. And when you get that set in your mind and your heart, your life will change. Here's what I did six months ago. I made a commitment. I made a covenant. I made a vow. I made a promise to spend more time with my father than ever before, my heavenly father, no matter what. So every day, I'm up at 3.30. Guy said, man, what time do you go to bed? Well, 9.30, 9.45, I'm in the sack. My day is done. But at 3.30, I am up. I am up. I've made that commitment. And let me tell you what's happened in our life since I started doing that. He said, well, what's changed? My attitude's changed. My health changed. I was diagnosed with horrible arthritis in my feet. And the doctor said, I don't even know how you walk. One day I came out of work and tried to crawl up in my truck. I waited till pretty much everybody was gone. So no one would see me trying to crawl up into my truck. I've been healed of arthritis in my feet. You know you're an old man when you have a podiatrist. You are an old fart when you have a foot doctor. So yeah, I am an old fart. But you know what? My feet, from years of construction, they look kind of gnarly and have knots on them here and there. And the doctor looked at that and said, I can't believe you must be in excruciating pain. My feet don't hurt at all. My feet don't hurt at all. Because I decided to seek him first, to put him first, to put his righteousness first, and he's given me everything else I need. Here's what I've found in the last six months. Did life become perfect? <laughs> Did I become perfect? No way. I still stumble. I still sin. I still mess up. But here's what's happened. I have never had so many prayers answered in the last six months. I've had more answered in the last six months than I have in my entire life. I asked the Lord into my heart when I was five years old. I'm 56. All I've ever really known is church and a family that loved the Lord. But I look at that and I think, man, look at the prayers that have been answered. Look at the things that have been crossed off our list in the last six months. Why? What made the difference? I decided as the man, as the head, as the priest of the home to get serious. It's just like on Sunday morning. If you wake up on Sunday morning and roll over and look at your little woman and say, Honey girl, are we going to church this morning? Huh? Don't you dare ever do that. You should already be up helping get the kids ready, getting things ready. Here's what we learned with three little boys when they were zero, two, and four. We started out early because it never failed. One of them pooped out of their collar every time. As soon as we got somebody strapped in the car seat, 
here it came. Or as soon as mom left the house, whammy, here it came. It just, it just drove me nuts that they chose to poop when it was not convenient. But guys, I promise you this, your life will change. Your life will change. I also got contentment for all the prayers that God didn't answer. That didn't answer my way. I wanted my answer and I wanted it now. I need it right now, God. But he gave me the contentment, the joy, and the peace to say, that's all right. You're my dad. You know better than me. You love me more than I love me. God, you're so good. You're such a good dad. But guys, it's on us. It's on us. Man, you got to think about something. You were made in God's image. You look like God. You were made in his image. Spending time with him will change you. Spending time with God will make you a leader. In your home, at work. And you might say, well, Randy, I'm low man on the pole. I just got hired. Well, then be the best low man on the pole that that company's ever seen. Nowadays, you know what you need to do to be promoted? Be willing to come a few minutes early. Work your butt off. Work smart. Be willing to stay a little bit late. And when overtime is offered, say, you better believe it. I'm in. I'll take it. But I know men that are flat broke but will not work Saturday because it cuts into my gun smoke time. I watch old westerns on Saturday, man. Don't mess with my Saturday. I won't work overtime on Saturday because of that. But yet your family's suffering. Your family is hurting. Your family has bills that are unpaid. Are you kidding me? A man gets up, goes to work, and makes things happen. If I got fired right after this today, and it could happen. <laughs> if I got fired, I know this much. I would go straight down to the port of Catoosa, and for 13 bucks an hour, I can grind welds. I might be a temp, but I can go down to port of Catoosa right now, this morning, and grind welds at a company. My favorite job, job I'd pick, dream job, not at all. But you know what? It brings some money in. It helped pay the bills. It would make something happen. I've known men that have said, man, uh, man, I've been hunting a job for four and a half years. What? <laughs> what? Uh-uh. <clears throat> I'm not buying it. Guys, when you spend time with the Lord, you will start to walk like Him. You will start to talk like Him. You will start to think like Him. You will start to act like like him, and you will start to love like him. Is Jeff Miles here this morning? I don't see big Jeff. I was walking down the hall Wednesday night, just kind of making my rounds, and I look in one of the nurseries. Here's big Jeff Miles. He's just a great big man, football player, just big guy. And what's he got? I look in the nursery. He's got a kid kind of under each armpit, like two whiskey barrels, and, you know, the, the nursery's packed, and he's walking around trying to pacify these two little squirts. And I said, there's a real man. It's not how big he is. It's not how strong he is. It's not that he played football. But there is a real man. Because he's pouring into those little kids. He's giving away time. He's volunteering. And I thought about that. Those little kids will never pay him back. 
I hope you're volunteering. Whether you go to church on the move or some other church, I hope you're volunteering. Because when you're not, you come across as very selfish and self-centered. You're missing out on a blessing, and your family is missing out on a blessing. But when you give to people that can never pay you back, God will. God will. Every, every time, God will. I think of Coach Melton. A lot of times on Saturday night, I don't know how many Saturday nights I've seen him in that nursery, and he's holding some fat little baby boy. And I know he's praying, Lord, here's here's my lineman. Here's my offensive lineman. Lord, give him, give him quick feet, Lord. Give him speed. Give him strength. And I just know that. But are you kidding me? Coach Melton working in a nursery? Real man. Real man right there. And I praise God for real men. And, and some of you might say, well, you know what? I'll never volunteer in family ministries or at 180. I can't. I, get, I break out in hives around skinny jeans and V-neck T-shirts. And, you know, I can't do it. Well, that's kind of me too. I have a real rough time with some of that stuff. But you know what? Operations has a place for you. Can you turn a wrench? Can you help set up? Can you work in our housekeeping department? Can you work in landscaping? Can you help in our maintenance? There is no excuse not to be involved. The only excuse you have is a lousy one. I don't care what your schedule is. I don't care what you do, how many kids you have. That's what blows me away is the people that have all the kids and are super busy and own their own business, they're the ones totally loaded up and involved in doing something in this ministry. That's why Johnny's business is so dang uh, wonderful and just growing and moving and impacting people because he's sowing good seed. Gentlemen, what's your cause? What makes you mad? What has God called you to do? What has God called you to make right that is wrong? Are you on the attack? You know, when you get closer to God, you'll go on the offensive. You'll go on the attack. You're not just hanging back. I've seen so many men, and I've been guilty of it, just back on our heels, back on our heels, or worse yet, sitting on our thumb. It's time to get up, lift up your leg. Well, Randy, I don't know what direction to go. I don't know what step to take. Lift your leg up, and God will tell you where to plant your foot. But you've got to lift your leg up, make a move, and start going. For God to give you that next step. I love Sunday morning when Pastor went on his rant. Sunday morning, 9 a.m. service. I don't know if he did it in the other services. But he had this rant about hypocrisy and hypocrisy in our government. And he just went off. I wanted to stand, cheer, dance in the aisle. My wife held me down. It was just like, honey girl, let go. And let God, because I said, somebody needs to say amen. But it was like, my stars. When you, the closer you get to God, you'll have righteous rants. You'll have holy discontents. You'll have stuff that just makes you wild. And you say, I've got to fix this. I've got to step in and get involved in this. I've got to. Because no one else will. What's God called you to do? I don't care if you're a plumber, carpenter, pastor. It doesn't matter what you are. God's called you to do something. I encourage you today, 
do it. You know, we all have enemies. And I love Psalms 18, 37, 38, and 42. I love these verses. They're like football verses. It says, I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. I ground them as fine dust carried by the wind. I swept them into the gutter like dirt. Does that do anything for you? Are you kidding me? That lights a fire under me when I think about my enemy. What's your enemy? I don't even use the word Satan or devil anymore. I don't give him a capital S or a capital D on those names. He's just my enemy. He's just my enemy. And he wants to come in and destroy and wound and hurt you and hurt your family. What's your enemy? Is it lust? Is it pride? Is it poverty? Is it sickness? Is it depression? And here's the next question. When are you going to get sick of it? When are you going to get sick of it being okay to be broke? To be depressed? To be full of pride? Your relationship with Jesus Christ is life or death. Your relationship with Jesus Christ either protects or exposes your family to the enemy. Tonight, if a pedophile snuck in your back door, the enemy never comes in the front door. It's always the back door. A pedophile comes into your house. You meet him in the hallway. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. My son's room is right here. Right across the hall is my daughter's room. And if that doesn't trip your trigger, my wife is back here in this back bedroom. I'm just going to go hang out in the garage and you do what you need to do. When you are not in God's word every day seeking him, that's what you've done. You've opened the door to the enemy and said, come on in. The water's fine. Men, it's that important. Do you love your family? Do you love your children? Do you love your wife? Do you want what's God's best for them? Not your best. My best stinks. God's best. Do you want that for your family? It's on you. I don't care if you're married, single, young buck, LCS guy. It does not matter. It is on you as the man, as the head of that home. Very quickly, I have to tell a story, and it's an embarrassing story of a foolish man that wasn't a damn builder. In 1997 to 2002, I was one of the children's pastors here at the church. And my main responsibility was the Saturday morning bus ministry. We bust in over 2,000 kids every Saturday morning. We had 300 volunteers that came out and made that happen every Saturday morning. Every Friday night, we were out knocking on doors, rounding up kids, reminding them that the bus will be by at 10:15 in the morning. Be ready. We're going to come by and get you. But you know what? I quit being in the Word. I was teaching kids sometimes five times a week. LCS Chapel. I teach Saturday morning. A lot of times I teach Saturday night in a class. I teach sometimes twice on Sunday morning. And it was a prideful thing for me. You know, Randy, you're a master teacher. I need you to go into this class and make it right and make it good and straighten it out. 
I, I love to be the problem solver and the fixer. And I took pride in that. And pride crept into my heart and into my life. Here I was teaching, sometimes five times a week. I wasn't cracking open the Bible. I wasn't spending any time praying. I wasn't praying in the Spirit saying, Lord, what do you have for these kids today? I wasn't even talking to God. And as this went on, I got burned out. I got sick of it. And we were going through some heavy financial pressure. And I blamed it all on this ministry. I blamed it on Pastor George. If he would just pay me what I'm worth because I'm that good, I wouldn't have this pressure. We wouldn't be where we were at. It's his fault. It's his ministry's fault. And my mouth became poison and bitter because of pride. Here's where I was, gentlemen. And this is an embarrassing statement. Right before I resigned my position, one of our bus workers called me up on a Monday morning. Monday was my day off. Don't mess with my day off. Called me on Monday morning. And they said, Brother Randy, this gentleman said, my wife passed away last night. And he said, I don't know what to do. You know what thought came through my mind? Oh, crap. There goes my day off. That's what pride will do to you. All I thought about was my day off was ruined because his wife died. That's a horrible place to be, gentlemen. It wasn't fun. And I did the service. I met with the family. I did the memorial service. I went through the motions. I said the right words. I hugged. I I threw out scripture. But it was all a fake. It wasn't real. I didn't love anybody. I didn't love myself. I didn't love my family. So I put in my two weeks notice and I said, I'm done. And I cashed in my vacation because they owe me. I said, I'm done. So I went out. Had worked a couple of jobs, got back into remodel. For about two weeks, it made me happy. I hated it. Worked for another gentleman here, Richard Carver, Little Mountain Productions. Uh, Had a shop full of tools, brand new tools. One day, he brings me a tool catalog and says, whatever we need to get the job done, order it, buy it. Dream job for a carpenter. Are you kidding me? When the owner says, whatever you need, buy it, get it, do it. About three weeks into that job, I hated it. I hated the shop. I hated the traveling. I hated it. Okay, I'm going to go to work for myself. I hated it. And here's what I found out. You know, through this time, I had a lot of, a lot of health issues. Man, my lungs, I became sensitized to all the chemicals and laminate sprays and different things we were using. My lungs would just close up like that. And then when I was working for myself, self-employed, I'm going up on a roof, had a bundle of shingles on my shoulder. I go to step on the roof, ladder goes. I end up falling on the ladder when I finally hit the ground. I split my elbow wide open, dislocated my shoulder, had all kinds of nerve damage here in my arm. The doctor's telling me, that left arm is probably going to dangle by your side the rest of your life. My bicep was numb, forearm numb, hand was totally numb. And the doctor said, no, 
that thing's never going to work for you ever again. God loved me and took care of me and healed me even when I was mad at him. Even when I had turned my back on him. I didn't get into drugs or alcohol or any addictions. I didn't cheat on my wife, but I cheated on God. I turned my back on him and I was mad at him. Through his goodness, I was mad at him. And then one day I went to my little wife and I said, I'm done. I'm done serving God. The funny thing was I wasn't. I wasn't serving God. But I said, I'm done. The boys were off in their bedrooms. We were sitting at the kitchen table. And I said, look where tithing has gotten us. We had just had a van repossessed. We just got kicked out of a house because of my pride. My family suffered because of my pride. And I said, I'm done. We're done tithing. We're done giving. It's over. I'm through. And I was never been in a deeper, darker place in my life. And my little wife, she sat there at the kitchen table, tears streaming down, streaming down her face. And she said, she always called me Papa. She said, but Papa, what's going to happen to your sons if you quit? She said, what's going to happen to them? Everything you ever told them has just become a lie. If you quit on God now, what will happen to our sons? And she got up and walked out of the room. That night, I repented. I repented. And I got right with the Lord. I wasn't living for the Lord. And I repented and apologized to my family. And, and change is starting to happen in our life. And, and I knew I had to get back to Church on the Move. I knew that's where I was called to work. I knew I had to come back. So I grabbed an application. I quickly filled it out. And I said, I will work any department, any hours, any pay. But everything I put my hand to failed because I was out of God's will. And so I put in an application. Doug Johnson calls me up from the construction area. And he said, come on in, we'll sit and talk. So I came in, we sat and talked, and <clears throat> basically he told me all about himself and how great he was. And <laughs> we never did get to me, but somehow I got the job. But I called him about two, le- two weeks later. I hadn't heard anything. And, and it was, man, Doug, please, I- I'm-, I'm hunting that job. I, I really need to be back. And he said, well, I haven't talked to Pastor yet. And I thought, oh, my goodness, Pastor hates my guts. But you know the wonderful thing about this ministry is when we were going through that tough time, this ministry scooped us up. They had every right to tell me, Randy, get out. Get your boys out of Lincoln. Just, we're done with you. But this ministry scooped me and my family up. I got hired back on, and that was the beginning in 2008, January, of my restoration of coming back, and God has promoted and, and moved things and just been such a blessing to us and in our life. And I, through this time, I'm just about done, guys. I'm going as fast as I can. I got one more verse. Through this time, my wife laid her hands on me and prayed for me at night. And she laid her hand on my shoulder. Every night she said this prayer, this verse over me, Luke twenty-two twenty-three. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed that your faith will be strong 
that you may not give up. When you return, you must help to make your brothers strong. Her prayer was answered today when I stood up here, and I hope I helped make my brothers strong. Guys, be a dam builder. It needs to be deep, and it needs to be tall, so that any wave, anything that comes against you, life perfect, never. But as those attacks and those waves come, they're already defeated. It's already done. It's already cared for. But men, it's on you. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Wow, that was, that was pretty amazing. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for sharing with us today. And, um, you know, I, I, I look at this event. I look at this event sitting in church um, for, for weeks as we started sections, and I said to myself, well, I think it was more God than me that said this, that an event like this could help not just myself but a lot of people. And so I ask you today, too, you know, there are lots of opportunities here at our church, but what is God calling you to do specifically, and are you doing that? Um, what does God ask you to do? Because he will provide in the places that he guides you to. So if you're sitting there and you have an idea, tell someone about it. Because things like this happen when you obey God, simply. Um, really excited about next month. Um, we've held off on inviting June's speaker uh, until we could talk him down off of the mountain. Um, thankfully, he agreed to come down, climb down, rappel down, whatever. He'd find a way down the mountain. Uh, Brian Job and his wife, Jamie, have been leaders in our church for years, vol- volunteering in almost every department and now leading um, our, our leaders for small groups. And so um, together they have three children, Cooper, Chase, and Eleanor. Uh, Brian works at Kaiser Francis Oil Company. To say he loves the outdoors is probably the understatement of the year. As many of you know, and many, have, many of you have traveled with him, uh, he has a ministry to men called Mountain Men, which is growing exponentially here in our church. And we are incredibly excited to have him with us next month. So if you can make it here next month, I would definitely do what you could to be here. Um, let's pray and get you guys out of here. Thank you again for making the effort to be here on this Friday morning because I know there's a lot of things you could do like sleep in and get rest like we all need. Um, but thank you for being here. And thank you, Randy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for uh, repenting that night because we are all better because of it. We appreciate you very, very much. Lord, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Lord, we're not perfect, but we're trying. Lord, we are here because we want to be better. We want to be better than we were yesterday, Father, and we want to be completely made and remade daily into your image. We're honored to serve you, Lord, in whatever it is capacity we do today. Lord, I speak blessing and life over every man in this room tonight. Lord, whatever he, today, whatever he does, whatever he puts his hand to, Father, I thank you that he finds favor. As Psalm 512 says, you surround us with favors with the shield. Lord, that they go to work today with great purpose and renewed vision, Lord, for what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that they are damn builders. I pray that they are the men that you've called them to be, Father, because they hear your voice and the voice of the stranger they don't hear. Bless this day and as we go into doing all the things you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.